WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? And welcome to the pastor's study here on the essence of HU 88.1. WHOV, Pastor Kevin Swan in studio with you of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, Virginia. Have Pastor John Young in studio also with us, Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center. Pastor Young, how you doing today? I'm blessed and glad to be here, bro. Enjoying the music. <laughs> and uh, yes, we are uh, certainly enjoying the music. And we, we played that song, that, that, that song that we like, LL and uh, Mary Mary, We're Gonna Make It. And, and we wanted to play that song before uh, we started our show today because we had a very good discussion last week. Uh, and because uh, it was so good, so many people called in, so many people uh, emailed and shared their concern. We don't even have a guest today. We, we're just going to pick up right where we left off and, and talk about this issue uh, because, you know, there's so many people on different sides of the fence when it comes to this particular topic. Uh, and the topic, if you did not happen to listen to last week's show, we, we talked about uh, the state of music today and, and really... Where is the line, as we want to call it, where's the line that distinguishes uh, songs that uh, you hear artists doing, some promote Christ, and then you have some who are quote-unquote gospel artists who have songs that don't have Jesus in it at all. And so where do we draw the line in terms of, okay, the church saying this particular song I would be willing to play in the church but maybe I would not be willing to play this particular song. And, and so how do we then distinguish uh, between, you know, different genres of music? What we do know is that whether we like it or not, there's a lot of sampling uh, into, into gospel music, meaning uh, a lot of gospel artists now are taking secular beats, secular songs, and, and weaving them in to gospel songs and then putting, you know, certain words over top of that now now let's start there pastor young uh do you see any do you personally see any issue with gospel artists sampling secular artists and and putting in uh some some beats and some tracks into a gospel song not at all as a matter of fact you know i think that a lot of times we forget like when we talk about where where we draw the line we also need to try to figure out who determines where you draw that line for me as the new believer or as someone that is a target of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the other thing is, uh, Pastor Swan, people don't realize that that's also a target for um, the, the artists themselves. Uh, if my beat is being used on a gospel uh, track, 
then is that not uh, putting me in a position to be used by God in some way and contribute and, and open up a door for somebody to minister to me to let God use me in an even greater capacity? It's, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, some people, and, and this is what we got last week, some people said, well, uh, some people on the side, well, yes, you, you should do this because this is a unique way to reach people who are not saved they could hear something that might be familiar. They could hear a song that they might resonate with. For example, uh, you know, one of the songs that we played last week was uh, Kirk Franklin and, and Brighter Day. And uh, many people uh, like this particular song because it's got, it's got a nice beat to it. And, uh, you know, if you're not saved, you're not going to necessarily hear this up in church necessarily, but it might be something that can reach Christ. So, so let me ask you this. Is there a difference, Pastor, between a song that you can play out that will help people to come into Christ as opposed to a song that you would play in church? Or should there be a difference? Yeah, I guess it just depends on what church you go to. <laughs> you know, because this this would this would flow at Empowered Believers. I just got to say that. You know, we, we, we could rock this song at our church. We get that. You could play this at your church. And I, and I think we could too. We've done this song, uh, Praise Dance Ministry uh, has done it. Uh, you know, a ministry to this song. But I guess the question then is, how can some people say then, okay, you can play this out in the world, which is a song that maybe will promote Christ, but you can't play it in the church. What will be the other side of it then? Why would some people say, you know what, this is not a song necessarily that you should be playing in the house of God? You know, I think that's the danger, Pastor Swan, because so many people, they limit um, how God can reach other people by how God can reach them. Because there's no disrespect to where we've come from. You know, uh, the you know, Take Me to the Water songs and the Precious Lord songs aren't diminished by this. So it's not detracting from it, but it's expanding our culture to be able to not just reach one generation, but let's reach out to all generations. I think that's what Jesus wants us to do, Pastor. So what about the other side of it, the people who say, well, you know, the Bible says that you should be separate from, you know, you, you should not resemble the world. You know, the Bible says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and this kind of blends spirit and secular together in a place where God may or may not be honored. How, how do you respond to that side of the argument? Yeah, thanks, Pastor Swan, because the truth is, is I think that some people need to, to, to really look up that word conformed. And, you know, I know Pastor Ray is going to come here with his thesaurus in his dictionary in any minute now. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Johnson is going to do that for us. But the truth is, is being conformed to the world doesn't mean that you uh, have to distance yourself from the people that we're called to reach. In other words, you don't have to let what the world does um, uh, infiltrate your spirit to the point to where it causes you to compromise your lifestyle. And if, if music, uh, if, if uh, we, we, we just talked up the walking dictionary, Pastor Johnson's in the house. But the, the, the music that we listen to is not, uh, is, is not supposed to take us uh, into a place where we compromise our relationship with God. As a matter of fact, if, 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 if the strength of our relationship is, is only as strong as what we hear, then we got some other issues other than just music. All right, Pastor, I like this song. I'm not gonna lie. You know, this song got a nice beat to it, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's got a, and and they're about to do an old school uh, sample. They're gonna sample in a part of this song. And and you know, the song is uplifting. The song is now is he promoting Christ? That's a different question. You know, he's singing. I never knew I'd be so happy. I never knew I'd be so secure, etc. 
Now we got Pastor Ray Johnson in, who, who says that really the, the the song is really based upon. Here's the part I like. Now this is a sample right here. We, we got a sample right here. And, and you know you heard this part right here. You heard this part when you was up in the club. Let's be honest. <laughs> you heard this, but now he's taking it and he's using it now to glorify God. Now, Pastor Johnson says it has to be with the integrity of the artist. And, and so we want to hear from Pastor Johnson because it's not so much the song, right? That's what you said last week, Pastor, Pastor Johnson. Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. Let's hear from, from Pastor Johnson. He said it has to be the integrity of the artist. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the, the integrity of the artist, the spirit of the intent behind the artist when he makes the music, whether or not he's glorifying God himself or some other entity, I think that that becomes the dividing line, if you will. Uh, demarcation, big word for the day. And, uh, he just got in and started using big word. So, so I guess the question then is, Pastor Johnson, how do we know how do we know the integrity of the artist? How do we really know that? I, I mean, and I'm asking you because you said... But, you know, Kirk admitted that a lot of times when he was doing gospel, he, he, he was dealing with pornography and all these other things. Was his integrity right, perhaps? Do we know that? So, so how can we really tell or know for certain that when he made this song, he was making it to glorify God? Do we really know that for certain? I would say yes. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that, in looking at Christianity um, across the globe, is that we've got to understand that a repentant lifestyle is what's necessary in pleasing unto God. So even with Kirk, though he had issues in his life, um, him coming forward with those issues, walking through a process with another pastor, uh, that being Tony Evans, who helped walk him through that process of coming to a place of uh, deliverance in that area in his life. He lives a repentant lifestyle, and we can see the fruit of that kind of repentance. And even in his music, his intent has always been to uplift, glorify God, and then draw people to Jesus. We can see that. So would you play that song in your church? That song would get played and a whole lot more. Okay, so that song gets played in your church. But now, let's, let's listen to this one. This is Mary Mary. We had the LL on, but we're going to play this one real quick. This is the Mary Mary song. Now, y'all help me. This song is nice, but it don't say nothing about God. I, I haven't heard it. Now, you tell me, you would play this song also in your church? I mean, I'm playing that for praise party, but it ain't going to be for worship service. I'm going to play it for praise party, yeah. I'm going to play it for my singles on Friday night and my youth conference I got coming up. I may have that playing over the loudspeaker as young people are coming in. So then for you, it's not the words then. It's, it's, it has to be the artist, not the words, is what you're saying. I'm going to go down the middle on that and I'm going to say 50-50. The words and artists. And keep in mind, we're talking about the intent of the artists and the spirit of their music. Now, this is catchy, it's hot, it's nice, but you ain't gonna find Mary Mary up in uh, uh, up in the club next week uh, doing, you know, I'm showing my age now, rump shaking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, so let me let me be clear then, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you, I just wanna be clear. A gospel artist can do a song that does not have the mention of God in it, and it's okay. But a secular artist, cannot mention God and that would not be acceptable because last week we had Frankie Beverly and he did the I Want to Thank You song. So you're saying, because this song does not have God in it. But that's okay. But that's okay because it's Mary Mary is what, what you're saying. 
I'm not, I'm not going to go that far, Pastor Swan. I mean, I'm not going to go that far. What I'm going to say is, is the intent of the artist and the spirit of the music behind the song gives its intent. So this is catchy. It's nice. It's got great, quote unquote, crossover appeal. But now we know what Mary Mary is about. We know what they represent versus if Missy Elliott go out and try to do the same kind of song. We also know what she's about. So if an unbeliever listens to this song, who does not know who Mary Mary is. Okay, do you think that when they finish listening to this song, that they walk away thinking, okay, this whoever's singing this song is promoting God? This is the point that 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 I like to get at. For example, um, and I'm trying to remember the name of the artist. Or what will happen? Here's what I think happens. This is just my opinion. What I think happens. They hear Mary Mary. They hear this song. It's catchy. It's nice. They've got it popped in there. Their iPod. They work out to it. They may ride and listen to it. But then it leads them into what else does Mary Mary have going on? They may go to track nine, track 10, or start looking up other albums. Now, when you do that with, let's take, for example, last night, I was just having a discussion with my wife about He Got Game and the whole Jesus Walk song and what was the intent behind that movie. And so we, we just got into a discussion about that. But then all of a sudden, we took Kanye West's Jesus Walk. Okay, and so everybody was was listening to you know Jesus walks and Jesus walks for this one, walks for that one, and so on and so on and so forth. But now, when I go to track two and track five and track six or track seven on another Kanye West album, am I gonna necessarily find an experience that glorifies God? Absolutely not. But if I do that on a Mary Mary album, am I gonna find an experience that glorifies God? Absolutely yes. Okay, I see that, but I also know we live in an iPod generation. Where you can go on and you can buy a single off the C- off off the CD, so you in many cases nowadays people don't listen to the entire CD. So again, if this one song is the only song that I hear off of this CD, and it has no mention of God in it, but it's a quote unquote gospel artist, does that glorify God? You're saying it can be accepted in your church because it's Mary Mary. But if someone else did this same song, would you let it in? I got to go with a no-go on that. I'm a no-go on that. And that is simply because of the intent of that person's lifestyle on Monday. Not so much on Sunday. Who are they when they're not in my building on Monday? Well, you know, um, I, I would go with a yeah-go on that. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. You know, I, I agree that there are certain artists um, that, you know, no matter, you know, matter... That I just don't see um, certain artists having a crossover appeal. But I know that there are certain artists that can put out a song that may not have God in it anywhere, just like the song we were playing, Get Up. You know, we can add our own commentary to it. And like I said last week, you know, I, I don't care if they were saying Get Up for the Dalai Lama. I know what I'm talking about. And so when I tell them to get up, I'm telling them to, to get up and celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when we put our spin on it, you know, we, 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 take, we take authority over whatever spirits that are traveling through music and that kind of stuff. And I believe that when, 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 when God shows up, you know, the, the Bible says all things were made uh, for him and by him. And there was not anything uh, that was uh, without him that was made that, were, that was made without him. And so I guess my point is, is that we got to get to a, a, a place and, you know, don't get me wrong. I know that there are certain influences that will lead people astray, uh, but uh, we can't we can't be handicapped by other people's um, uh, um, 
uh, perception of what a weakness is because the same thing that the enemy uses to draw people, uh, I, I will not water it down and say God can't use it to, to draw people himself. So, okay, so we, based upon that observation, we could perhaps take a secular artist, quote-unquote, that has a message that is positive, and you're saying your interpretation may be different than what the interpretation of the artist is, and based upon that, that would be acceptable for you. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have, well, we talked about briefly last week, how many times have uh, the three of us in here have preached a sermon, and the, the receiver, we, you, you got hundreds of people in the congregation, and all of them say, that was just for me. Now, how does that happen? Because, you, you know, you just do what you feel God has led you to do and say what you feel God has led you to say, and God shows them this is how this applies to you. You know, he, he takes that, uh, I, I'm going to get uh, Greek on you, he takes that logos and, 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 and transforms it to rhema. In other words, he breathes on it and he shows, hey, this is the revelation knowledge uh, uh, of the word that's being preached and this is how it applies to you. And so some people will take out of something, out of a message, out of a sermon, out of a song or whatever, and they'll walk away with something that nobody else in the room got. And I, I believe God just doesn't limit that to sermons. All right, we want to hear from you. Uh, that's why we started the show a little bit earlier today. We had a lot of phone calls last week. 727-5711. Please call in. Offer your perspective. Let me see if we still have Corey. Is it Corey from Virginia Beach? Corey. Yes, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed. I can't complain. Thank you for being patient and, and holding. Go ahead and quickly state your comment. Yeah, real quickly, uh... It sounds like we're kind of we're kind of making excuses for some of these artists. I mean, because honestly, we don't know what Mary Mary does on Monday neither. I mean, she sounds good, and we we hope and believe because of her songs and what we see on TV every now and again that they're that type of person. But um, we truly don't know. I mean, it's like me. I can if I had the capabilities of making beats and stuff like that. It, it sounds like we're not sampling. We're taking the whole entire song and just saying, okay, instead of saying this word, I'm going to say Jesus here, and I'm going to say God here. If that's the case, then I could be a hot artist tomorrow, and just my whole album be nothing but samples of secular songs. And then everybody's going to think I'm the hottest gospel rapper out. And, and I, when I hear T-Pain's, which I call the remix or the remake, I'm thinking about T-Pain. I'm not hearing what they're saying about Jesus. And I, I used to call up there and get on them about their, their outros. They would play a secular song for an outro, and I'm like, is this a religious... Uh, a radio station or what? I'm hearing Biggie Small's beat. You understand? So I'm not really hearing the, the the Jesus out of it. I'm not really getting that anointing out of it because now I'm hearing this this secular song. So to sample, just take a sample and be original with the beat, but don't take the whole entire song and say, "Well, it's legit because I'm praising God." Okay, so you know in, I mean? in your case, then real quick, for the Brighter Day song that we just played by Kirk Franklin, who clearly samples from a right. secular, you're saying that that's not appropriate for you. you you would rather Kirk come up with something original and use that to glorify God as opposed to sampling a secular artist right I, I mean I love Kirk Franklin to death but if you just sample a little bit of it and don't take the whole entire song it would have been fine but to me it's the same thing it's just all I gotta do is just take you know a 50 cent song instead of saying up in the club I can just say you know uh, I don't know up in up the church the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you gonna think I'm hot I mean, seriously. Okay. Thank you for the call, Corey. We appreciate the time. We appreciate it. Uh, so what do you think about that? He says, basically, you know, don't sample the whole thing. 
you know, if you want to do a little bit, but is a little bit, I mean, is it, I mean, does it make a difference if it's a little bit or a lot of it is still? That's what the scripture says. A little bit of leaven, leaven is the whole lump. That's what the scripture says. So, I mean, you know, I understand his point, though. I get his point. I get his point. I mean, I think he's more on the side of when will the Christian artists themselves be original enough to create a new sound and to make music that has not yet been made and that comes from heaven. You can do that. Now, on the side of Kurt's defense, in that point, he does that a lot. He's one of the most original artists, I think, that we have on the planet at this time. So. The other question, though, is if you're trying to reach unsaved people, are they going to perhaps listen to songs that they may have never heard before? Can, can, the, can the, the sample be in some way a hook to get people to listen to the words of a particular song? Or, or are, we, are, we, are we doing too much meshing together? Pastor Young, what do you think? You know, I think the, the elephant in the room that nobody's talking about is, does God have a problem with just good, clean entertainment? Okay, let's, let's step outside the church, and you, you're driving in your car, and I know that there are certain songs that, you know, got a lot of, you know, vulgar words and all that, and we ain't talking about that. But just good, clean, wholesome music that's entertaining, and it doesn't have anything to do with God. And, and, and is Jesus in your car when those songs play? Or if you go and watch secular television, does it all have to be spiritually edifying? And so if you are on the side of the equation to where, you know, you shouldn't listen to anything that uh, doesn't uh, edify your spirit and all of that kind of stuff, hey, you know, more power to you. That's just not where I am. Keep praying for me. But, you know, to me, there's nothing wrong with just a regular song or going to a movie. You got to have balance in your life. And so my point is, is that at some point you've got to have some kind of uh, uh, understanding that God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And if he is not in heaven uh, convulsing because you're listening to a regular song, uh, why would he start? Because you happen to walk in church and listen to a regular song and then try and take that regular song and, and allow God's anointing to manifest in it to where you can draw something out of it uh, that edifies your spirit. I just, you know, maybe, I, am I way off here, Pastor? No, this is why we're having this dialogue, because the reality is there is not a consensus. There's not a clear-cut, definitive answer, and I think this is one of the challenges of the church because the church gives so many conflicting messages and answers to questions like this. Uh, and so you go to any different, you got three different pastors here who might have three different opinions. What does that say to the unbeliever who, I mean, we're confusing them because we don't have a clear cut message. So let's see where we are. Nakia in Hampton. Nakia, are you there? I'm here, sir. Is this T-O-O? This is T-O-O. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing good today. I'm blessed. And um, this is an exciting uh, discussion. Well, you all know that I'm a worshiper. Now, my personal conviction is I'm going to use the gift that God has given me to glorify him and to lift him up. And as believers, we need to just go back to what the Word says. I think too much of it is what I like, what you like, what I think is going to work for me. And that's why there's so much confusion. Let's just stick with the Word. God is not going to, people aren't going to come to salvation because of a hot beast. They're going to come to salvation because they accept the love of Jesus Christ in their life. The Word says, if, I be lifted, if He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So if the music is lifting Him up, and He is the center and the focus of whatever it is the artist is singing about, and people get to know more about the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we can see salvation. Uh, people aren't going to get saved because of a hot beat. 
I think we try to use those things as tricks and gimmicks just to get people in the church or to think that as Christians we're cool and we're so concerned about that. We're not concerned about the fact that people are dying and going to hell just because of what they like to drink or what they like to, uh, the clothes they like to wear, who they like to sleep around with. Yeah, that's all stuff that they like, but it's not bringing them to the foot of the cross. And I think when we diminish the discussion about, well, music is not going to really affect you or what you see at the movie is not going to really affect you and we should just be able to do whatever and think that the blood of Jesus is going to cover it. When we diminish it to that point, we neglect the power that is operating in this sinful world. Okay, so let me ask you this then, real quick. Uh, So you're saying then, no, it's not appropriate, nor is it acceptable for a gospel artist to sample a secular beat and include it in their song. Now, for me, I'm not tripping off the instrumentation because we have instruments. God loves the cymbal, the clarinet, the flute, all of that. I'm not going to get into bars and codes and all that type of stuff. I don't think that God is upset with that. What I go to is the word. What are you saying? What are you drawing people to see? What is the image that you're creating in the in the lyric? That is so important because God says to us that we have to be careful what we allow to flow out of our mouth. There is power in the spoken word. So when you are singing a song, you are speaking something. You are prophetically declaring something over a situation. To me, the issue with sacred and secular is what are you declaring over the life of people? Okay, so if, if there is a secular song, say T pain somebody like that that has a secular song a gospel yep. artist says i want to take that same song and now instead of speaking negative i want to use words to glorify god from your perspective you're saying that that is okay you're talking about taking the secular instrumentation yes you're talking about the bars but and the, the, but, taking all right, that okay. but, but the words are glorifying god even though the the beat and all of that is clearly from a secular artist Mm-hmm. Are you saying that that's okay for you? For me, I personally don't have a problem with it. I wouldn't know what T-Pain is saying anyway because I don't listen to him. However, the Bible also says, and I have heard people in church say this, that I can't listen to certain things because it reminds me of the world. It, it reminds me of that residue, uh, residue of the world. And you don't want your good to be evil spoken of, and you also don't want to follow behind that pattern of the world. I also believe that because God, what God gives us is pure and anointed, if an artist would just sit in the presence of the Lord long enough, that they will get a sound from heaven that will directly connect people to the throne room. And I think that's what's missing also in the church. And in order for secular to get it, they got to get high. They got to get drunk. They got to, because they're tapping into that demonic influence that's going to then be carried and transmitted through their music. Well, what do we do? We sit in the presence of the Lord. We pray. You know, these gospel rappers and gospel singers, what do we do when we, we're, we're trying to get a new sound from God? We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to study the Word, and God is going to open it up to us, and He's going to show us how to connect His people to Him. And and that's the difference. That's what's powerful, not just a bar or a key or a note or a chord, but it's the intent. And you can't get away from the Creator. Whenever we want to find out what's up with something, we go to the Creator, right? Okay. Well, if the Creator is sitting around getting high all day trying to get some inspiration, and we think that that's not going to affect our spirit when we listen to it, that's diminishing, um, and not just not just evil, but it's diminishing. I believe the anointing because okay. we don't we don't feel like things can be transferred when the word of God all always told us that it can. So we got to be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. Thank you very much. We appreciate the call and the insight. 
Love you. All right. Uh, and again, you know, it goes back to you, Pastor Johnson, what you're saying about, about the intent. But let me let me play this song real quick again. This was the song that we opened up with. This was Mary Mary and LL. Now, I don't... When I think LL, I ain't gonna lie. I'm thinking Rock the Bells. I'm thinking Mama Said Knock You Out. Uh, you know, I'm not thinking LL and Mary Mary. Okay, now y'all help me out. Now, help me out, okay? Now, this song... Is a nice song. He's talking about things that glorify God. But come on, man. I mean, if you, if, if all of your life you have done a song that's primarily secular in nature. If you did a song all of your life that's primarily, and now you're doing this song, kind of, kind of music. How do we, how do we deal with LL? Let's start there, first of all. I mean... I think it's transition. I think LL is at a place like uh, Cheryl, who was in Salt. Uh, different ones are at places where they're transitioning uh, from where they were in terms of their music to where they're coming to now in terms of this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, none of us know this as a matter of fact, but in just in terms of an outside view, it seems to me that there's something happening there with him. Because you can't listen to the lyrics of what he's saying. You you just can't come up with this um, just because I'm just trying to make bars flip together well. You know, and it, it goes back to, you know, the, the one exception that I take with the previous caller is it's a mistake to assume that all of the secular artists are using drugs to come up with these beats. I mean, some of them are just gifted by God you know, to come up with this kind of stuff. And so, and, and LL Cool J, uh, who happens to be one of my personal favorites, you know, I believe the brother's gifted. And and I believe that God accepts his sacrifice, you know, just because he isn't uh, as, as as developed in his relationship with God as, as, as many would like him to be. The truth is, is that we don't know where he stands with Jesus. And just because other people happen to be more active uh, with the church and fit the mold of what the church is supposed to look like um, doesn't, doesn't diminish uh, LL Cool J's contribution in this song to edifying God. So does that work across the board? Does, does R. Kelly get the same? Does, does he get the same? I mean, because he's done some some songs that I mean, uh, what we would consider to be inspirational, I guess. But then, but then he do it. He do it. Twelve play, and you remind me of a Jeep and all that. <laughs> I mean, so how do, how do it? It seems like there is a there's a contradiction somewhere. There's, there's a contradiction. How do we? Again, if I'm listening to this song, this is a nice song. This is Mary Mary. Now, should Mary Mary want to do a song with... I mean, I think that the, the, the context of this song is we're going to make it because of God. We're making it because of our relationship with Him. We're placing our focus and our center on who Jesus Christ is in our lives. And, this, and LL is saying, yo, this is who He has been to me. So I think that then we go back to the intent of the artist, the intent of the song, and what the context is all about. And I think we, we can't get away from that. Um, I don't necessarily see a conflict with it right now at this point. Now, again, this is going to be praise party for me. This is going to be my Friday night for my young 20s and my teens, and it, it's, it's, it's going to be on just like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's not going to be uh, Sunday morning worship before the preached word. You hear me? Yeah, we, we, we got a dilemma, man. 
<laughs> let's let's go to the line here. Let's see if we have Ronnie in Newport News. Ronnie, are you there? I'm here. Go ahead and state your comment, please. I think that the gospel artists of today have some kind of merit because when Jesus was introducing these radical concepts of salvation to us, he used things that we already knew and were familiar with, our customs and traditions, and he made them um, applicable to what he was trying to teach. So he took what we already knew to be familiar, just like the gospel artists of today take music that's familiar to young people to reach them with the same message. Okay, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. All right, so again, uh, what Ronnie is saying is, look, you can use the music as a hook, as a way of drawing people in. And if a gospel artist wants to sample a secular artist to, to help with the overall message of Christ, then so be it. Why not? Why not do that? Pastor Young, that's what you've been saying, right? Exactly. You know, um, you know, like uh, I think I forget which one of the callers said that they're, they're, that a beat isn't going to bring you to Jesus. Well, a, a beat isn't going to bring you to hell either. You know, so it's, 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 if it's not going to if it's not just the beat that brings you to, to heaven or hell, then it is the anointing on the beat that uh, commands your attention. And then what we do with it is what separates us from other people. Okay, we got another caller here. I believe it's Elder in Newport News. Elder, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Go ahead and state your comment, please. I feel as though it's just, I'm a youth pastor of my church, and we just had a youth um, explosion, and we had a gospel um, hip-hop night, um, and we fought with our pastor about it. Her main thing was, and I looked at it after I sat down, was the message that's in the music. We get caught up in the beat and, and all of that, but what is the message that they're portraying? And it's just like we go to church every Sunday. Oh, yes, the preacher preached, and they gave a word. But yet you can't tell me the message that you got out of it. It was just because they hooped and hollered. So I think we put so much emphasis on the beat versus emphasis on the message that's coming through to the generation because what, what my great-grandmother lived on and what my grandmother lived on is not going to work for this generation. So I believe that God has ordained people for such a time to bring a word across that this generation can understand it's not in the beat but it's in the message behind it thank you for the call we appreciate the your comment and and yes it is in the message but just let me say this all right if in your church service your musicians start playing uh, a set don't don't they take that doesn't music i think more so than any other entity it takes you back to certain places can, can we agree to that Okay, so if, if I'm listening to a song that's glorifying God and then I hear this secular beat that takes me back to a place where I know I wasn't where I need to be, is that helpful? Because now am I still listening to the message or am I now thinking about, man, when I, man, when I used to hear that song, boy, I used to be up in the club doing my thing, showing up. I mean, does it take us there, Pastor Young? You know, I, I think it probably should uh, take us there in, in a different respect, though, in that now we can go to the place where, okay, I thank God where he's delivered me from. You know what I mean? Because the truth is, is that, it, you know, depending on where you are, it's true that some people could go there and stay there. But it, you don't want to limit the fact that, you know, certain songs might take people back here so we can't, you know, bless. And then the same thing that takes one person back to a place that they're not supposed to be and they stay there will take somebody else into the presence of God. So we can't delineate, because I learned that last week from Pastor Ray, um, 
uh, what works for one person doesn't work for everybody. So after a while, we'll get to the point to where we just in so much bondage that we can't use anything. Hey, you know, this is why I, I think that the hymns and all of that work because hymns remind folks the older generation of where they were. Take me back. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, again, I guess if you... And I'll admit, I'm struggling with this issue. I, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I do think that there are certain contexts where it's appropriate. But I'll be honest, for me personally, I don't know if I want to be in church listening to a song that I used to hear in the club. Even if it is positive words that are being spoken. Now, that's me. Now, there might be some younger people, another generation that might say, you know, what? I need to hear that. That's going to help me to grow. But I, I guess where I am now, I'm trying to get as far away from where I came from as possible. But now for those who are still growing, still unsaved, maybe that's what they need to get there. So I think there's there, there's a clear cut. And then, let me get your thoughts on that, Pastor Johnson. Well, I, I, Pastor Swan, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And that is that as you mature and grow in your walk, your focus becomes much more different in terms of where you're centered at. So, you know, this morning I was, I was you know, I'm kind of under the weather a little bit. My wife and I were joking around this morning. And so, you know, I'm all nasal and everything. And so I was laying in the bed, had all my snot rags. And the first thing that hit my mind this morning, this is the uh, God, the honest truth. I literally said, bless me now, oh gentle say. My wife said, no, you did not. <laughs> and so I was going, do not pass me by Jesus. Somebody come clear up my nasal drip right now. <laughs> so it becomes where you are in terms of your centering. And so sometimes we use things as a hook to grab people, grab their attention. But Pastor Swan, I'm with you. You know, I, sometimes I got to look at my musicians, uh, you know, with an eyebrow raise. If I hear a chord or something that's too familiar from where persons have been, or if I hear something that's too popular, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, don't confuse people or don't bring that kind of spirit mixed in with the atmosphere and the spirit of worship. Because now you're, you're convoluting and you're diluting uh, what the service is all about and who the center focal point is. See, that's the struggle because we've heard that it's the word that's edified. And maybe for me personally, that might not be something I would want to hear. But as pastor of a church, knowing that you have all people at all different levels, if that is introduced and that helps a young person, and I think that's where the struggle is. Um, what may work for me is not necessarily going to work for everybody else. So do I become narrow and say, this is how we're going to do it? Or do I open it up a little bit and say, you know what? As long as the person can receive Christ, that's the bottom line. And I think that that's where a lot of people are in terms of this, this dialogue. I think it's Carolyn from Norfolk. Are you there? Hello there, yes. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Well, I, I guess the, the, the subject is based on whether secular music has a place, uh, the, the music itself has a place in, in, uh, in church. Is, is that kind of what we're talking about? Well, it's not necessarily um, the secular music have a place. I think the question is we already know that uh, many gospel artists are sampling secular beats. And number one, should there be a dividing line? Should there be a separation? Or the other argument is, is that many people are saying, well, no, there should not be a dividing line because this allows more people, more unsaved people to come into the message of Christ and to hear 
perhaps more about God because of this song that was being played or shared. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I think that's, that is the issue because how, how are we meeting the masses? How are we going out as fishers of men? Uh, we, we need to meet people where they are but maintain um, the, the, the Christian base, maintain what God, what, what Jesus has, has taught us to teach people. We don't stray away from the Word, is what I'm trying to say, but certainly meet people where they are, but let them understand we're, we're not straying from the Word. Uh, we understand that we're in a different time where we have to um, uh, project and, and even present some of this type of music to bring in those masses, to bring in those lost. But again, we're not going to stray away from the Word. We might have some beats to get to tapping our feet, snapping our fingers, and bobbing our heads, but the message should always remain very clear. We're not going to stray away from the message. Don't get so caught up in, in the beat, in the music, but listen to the words, listen to the lyrics of that song. We're not going to stray away from the message. And, and on, an, on another note as well, are, are Christians being a little hypocritical in embracing secular artists who are... We're, we're human beings. God made us all, given us all gifts, all talents, and it's how we use those gifts and talents. If a secular artist is coming into the spiritual realm, into Christianity with, with artists such as a Mary Mary or Fred Hannon or, any, or anyone else out there, um, we should be strong enough in our faith to sway their, 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 their decision, you know, perhaps on the way that we walk and, and the way that we're demonstrating we're carrying ourselves. So much so that you know what uh, I think I want to um, you know become a Christian. I think I want to see what more it is about this this Christian life that these people are living and singing about. So sometimes we can be pretty hypocritical when it comes to we, we forget where we were. We forget that we were once sinners. We forget we once bobbed our heads, snapped our fingers when we were in the world. Not that we're embracing the world. That's why we left the world. But we just kind of kind of we have to kind of be careful when we're you know talking about such subjects as this we have to talk about it because it's real okay but, um, we, we appreciate the call thank sure. you so much for your time okay. and and you know she raises an interesting point are we being hypocritical um if the song is glorifying god does it matter what kind of beat is attached to it at the end of the day if it's the message is of christ regardless of where else we may have heard it if it's glorifying God, should that be the most important thing, Pastor? I agree with the caller. You know, the, the truth is, man, is that we, we can become one-dimensional as a ministry if, if we're not careful because we have to stay evangelistic-minded. And I guess my point is, is that, you know, uh, I talk about all the time about how we reverence him as God, we respect him as a father, but we relate to him as a friend. And the truth is, is that God knows where we came from and we can try to pretend like, you know, we throw in our clergy collars and act like we ain't ever, you know, uh, uh, came from out in the cut somewhere. But the truth is, is that God knows and everybody in our congregation knows if we're transparent, if we're if we're, you know, keeping it real kind of preachers that, you know what, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. All sin wasn't, wasn't unfun. You know, we were sinning because we thought it was fun. Now, we've been delivered from it, but that doesn't mean that uh, our past hasn't defined and shaped 
uh, what we like as as a generation. And so the point is, is that when just because you enjoy a certain beat doesn't mean that you are hell bound or you some kind of hellion uh, because you like this kind of beat. Now, what happens, though, is that, you know, God is it, it, God is not one dimensional. And so I guess my point is, is that as 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 men and women of God, not just pastors, but just save people. We've got to always understand that there are going to be people out there that will not like what you like. And so uh, we've got to not just uh, uh, become one dimensional and say that God can only reach people the way he reached me. Because I am a witness that take me to the water did not bring me into church. You know, precious Lord and all those songs. I didn't I want nothing to do with church back then. Uh, But it was the more upbeat contemporary BB and CC whinings that really initially started to catch my attention. And that's real because, you know, the kids today are not going to be gravitated toward the hymns. Uh, maybe some, but maybe not all. And I, and I think that that is definitely a valid point. I think we have Sasha from Hampton. Turn your radio down, please. Okay, hold on. Sorry about that. That's all right. Go ahead. Is it okay? And, yes, go ahead and quickly state your comment. Oh, okay. I just want to say that um, everyone has to remember that it's such a thin line when you're dealing with music, um, even with gospel. And, um, and, and it's really the spiritual responsibility of the person, whoever is the artist doing the music or even the listener, to know what they can handle and, you know, and just take it before God. Um, even like the artist with LL Couger. I mean, I love that song that was played, but for him to have such a word base in that music, in that song, that shows what... The, um, the ability that is for him to be more for Christ, and you just don't know. So you say that and you just be in prayer for that person, but there is such a very thin line with music, and you just have to be very careful, even as an artist, so you won't cross over. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, again, if you cannot, if you've been trying to call in and can't get your comment, you can you can go to our uh, Facebook site at the Pastor Study, go to our Twitter page at the Pastor Study, or you can email us also um, TPS. TPS, the pastor study at kevinswan.org. Now, now, Pastor Johnson, I want to go back to something for a minute because you you said last week that there gospel there's gospel music, there's inspirational music, there, there are different types of music. Do we sometimes try to lump them all in? And and maybe you can help us to to clarify what you think the differences are in in different styles of music. Um. One of the things that's, that's very important, Pastor Swan, is for us to understand what is the gospel. And we know the gospel is good news. And so in most settings, when we talk about it from a Christian standpoint, we're talking about the birth, life, death, uh, birth, life, death burial, resurrection, and second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for music um, that is within the gospel genre to be considered gospel, one of those five elements has got to be consistent in the music. We have inspirational music that causes us to celebrate and feel good um, with great good ideas that can be secular or non-secular. So what happens is we tend to lump all inspirational, all music that has a message, all music that has uh, something that feels good about it as gospel. And that is simply not the case. So for example, although Mary and Mary, they are gospel artists, uh, the song that they made with LL is may, may be or may not be necessarily a gospel song, like the one that you're playing now. You know, great inspirational, feel good music. Slow motion, gonna do. Shut up, cut 
So the question then is, is this appropriate in church? It's inspirational. And if inspirational is appropriate in church, then where do you divide it? Uh, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly is inspirational. Should that be something that you say, okay, we should we should have that in service? Now, now, Pastor Young, to your, real quick, I don't know you have to leave. Do you agree with that? That there's inspirational music, there's gospel music, there are different types of music that are out there. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I believe that we have the capacity to enjoy them all. And in certain contexts in church, there might be moments where, you know, it, it's not time to, you know, hip hop and bebop. You know what I mean? But we've got to understand that there are also times when there is. And so as long as, you know, we don't just, you know, uh, throw holy water on people that is, is, is trying to get hype in church uh, and we don't. Uh, you know, uh, write off the other people that enjoy um, the hymns and the old and the and the older music. I think you know w we can do exactly what I believe. Uh, what Jesus said, He said, "Father, I would that they be one, even as you and I are one." And so I think we have to embrace other people's differences, and not just because we don't like them, feel like they're uh, less spiritual than we are. So, in the case of this Mary Mary song, very quickly, do you consider this song to be a gospel song? or an inspirational song by a gospel artist. I think that's a gospel song. And you say it's gospel, even though there's no mention of Christ, God, Holy Spirit, none of that is mentioned in the song. How do you determine in your mind that this is a gospel song? Because I, I really believe in my heart, and I believe that if, if someone had the privilege of interviewing Mary Mary and asked them, what were they talking about when they said, get up? You know, they I, I believe that they would expound on the fact that they were trying to get people to get up and worship and to serve God and and to pursue a relationship with him. I believe that that was the spirit of what they were trying to do. Now, there are those songs out there like Ribbon in the Sky and all like that. I believe those are inspirational songs. OK, so, for example, this song potentially could be played in a secular setting, say a club. OK, so do you think that that is a. Is a, is a means to share the message with, with folks? Or do you think that that's inappropriate because the intention of this song was not... Uh, you just help me to understand. How, how do you play that out? Yeah, I, I think 99% uh, of the people in the club that are, are getting up and bopping to this song could care less about what she was talking about. They, they, they're not getting up for Jesus or whatever. But at some point, uh, <laughs> but at some point, just like what happens in the way uh, rap music influences uh, our younger generation, for example, a lot of times when they're first listening to it, they, they don't know what they're saying, but eventually you'll hear them repeating it and this, that, or the other. And then I think it just like it, it starts to influence our young people, uh, the other way, bad uh, um, uh, secular songs, well, upbeat gospel songs can eventually do the same. But not in reverse. Can, can a secular song Pastor Johnson, this is what I'm asking you. Can a can a secular song do that? Where it's a secular artist that has an inspirational message in the song and perhaps it can be accepted in the gospel genre and used instead of glorifying whomever the artist intended, maybe it can be used to glorify God. Well, let me ask Pastor Young that question real quick and then I get to you. Now, just to make sure I, I'm, I qualify the question, what we're talking about is just a, a secular song that has no uh, gospel undertones at all. Can that be used to glorify God? If there's a positive message in the song, say the song's talking about love or talking about uh, we are one, or you know, like, like the song we used last week for Frankie Beverly, I want to thank you. We don't know who he might be thanking. 
but could that song be used in a gospel arena to say I'm going to use the song to say I'm going to thank I want to thank God for what he has done it, we, we're hearing that yes you can spin it from gospel to secular but can you do it the other way around is my question absolutely I, I, I think uh, you know that's one of uh, one of the things that we talked about last week that I thought was so inspirational to me because that 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 was an awesome song that Frankie Beverly uh, put out I want to thank you and um, again, like we talked about last week, I don't know who he was thinking, but I know when I listen to it, I know who I'm thinking. And, and, you know, when we have the ability to influence the people around us and we can add our commentary to the song and our anointing to the song, uh, we can make sure that we inspire them to thank the one who we're thanking. All right. We have another caller. I think it's Pastor Beverly. Pastor Beverly from Hampton. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. We have about 30, 45 seconds. If you could quickly state your comment, please. Okay. Uh, right off the bat, first of all, what did Jesus say to Peter before he ascended back into heaven? He said, feed my sheep. And I think he meant feed them with their, what was anointed and written by the Holy Ghost. And I think what you pastors are leaving out is the Holy Spirit. I heard three sisters that was right on T. Okay, we, we appreciate the call. Thank you for the time. Bye-bye. All right. Where, where, where is the presence? Or where, and, and certainly the Holy Spirit has to be evident in order for the song to, to stir and to move. But, but where, what, quickly, Pastor Johnson, what, what place in this? Can, can the Holy Spirit grab hold of a secular song and, and turn it around to help other believers be used to glorify God? I think that uh, this is going to catch some people uh, uh, strangely, but I think that uh, we had one when R. Kelly made I Believe I Can Fly, uh, and I believe that I can touch the sky. I believe that I can fly away. Uh, and I forget the other lyric to the line. Um, so in some senses, um, the Holy Spirit can, can get on top of or change the meaning or direct the focus. I, I think I would say it better that way. The Holy Spirit can direct the focus uh, toward Jesus Christ and toward honoring God and drawing people to him. Remember the scripture says, no man coming to the Father unless they are drawn by the Spirit anyway. So, um, you know, if the Holy Spirit can cause Balaam's donkey to speak uh, in the Old Testament, he certainly can take a song and draw people toward that. Wow, we're out of time again. This this subject, uh, I, I guess we could talk about it for, for, for days on end and many different shows on end, but uh, we're going to end it here today. Certainly, we probably will revisit this topic at another time, because I guess the other question is, you know, uh, Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, people were asking me, how does this apply with respect to dress? And how does this apply with respect to uh, movies and other things? You know, it's not just the fine line in music. They're, they're fine lines other places. And I guess we'll have to use different shows to talk about that. But once again, I want to thank Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, uh, for being with us today. And tell me your name. Laura who was working behind the scenes today and uh, helped out with the phone. So we want to thank Laura for her assistance as well. She can ball. She got, you got, you got some game? You play on the team? Laura's on the HU basketball team. Okay, well, thank you, Laura. What position do you play? <laughs> she said stay behind the mic because we can't handle her. Sinead Lathan, she got game, huh? Okay, loving basketball, all that kind of stuff. All right, well, we want to thank you, Laura, for being Maybe we had to go one, one day and shoot some and see, see who, got, who got some game. You going to be on her team? 
Once again, on behalf of Pastor Johnson, Pastor Young, we want to thank you for another edition of the Pastor Study. If you happen to miss today's show, tune in later on this afternoon, kevinswan.org. You can listen to the show in its entirety. Uh, until next week, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV.